Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi. This is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I look forward to sharing my conversation with Anne Fonfa. She is a true advocate for the right of all people with cancer to get information on natural therapies to make more informed choices. Anne was diagnosed with breast cancer in 1993 at the age of 44. As a result of having multiple chemical sensitivities, she chose to avoid chemotherapy, radiation, and hormonal therapy. She had nine years of local recurrence, which was misdiagnosed as stage four breast cancer. But with the use of personalized Chinese herbal prescriptions, an MRI proved that she was free of cancer. In 1999, she founded the Annie Appleseed Project, a nonprofit that spreads the word of evidence-based complementary and alternative cancer therapies. In January of 2019, Anne was diagnosed with follicular lymphoma, which was said to be toxin-related. With her use of monoclonal antibodies and Chinese herbal prescriptions, she is doing really well. All done as before with organic food, dietary supplements, a happy disposition, and a very supportive spouse. I'm excited to share my conversation with Anne, but before I do, just a reminder to head over to my website at revivewellness.com to get your free top tips to keep cancer away and feel good in your body again. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. I'm really happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm really happy to be with you. Now, I just wanted you to go over your journey with cancer. I know, you know, there's a lot to say, but I'd love the audience to hear about that. Well, you know, it's interesting because I was originally diagnosed just before my 45th birthday with breast cancer, and I was suffering from extreme chemical sensitivity. I met, uh, I had a lumpectomy before I knew anything at all. And the doc kept saying, oh, perfect candidate for lumpectomy. And I thought, oh, this is great. I'll keep my breast, you know. Um, That didn't work out because he didn't do a biopsy. Turned out I had multifocal, meaning disease all throughout the breast, which I didn't know for years. Didn't understand, of course. And, um, but I, I went to visit an oncologist and that oncologist was so uncaring of who I was. 
I, I couldn't handle it. I mean, the first thing I said was, Doc, you know, I have a problem. And Doc says, oh, it doesn't matter. I said, no, I could just tell you what the problem is before you dismiss it. I said, I'm reacting to every kind of chemical, cleaning products, people's fragrances. I'm passing out. I have to be in bed for days with a headache. I, I get dizzy. And he said, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> really? Because my whole life is like this. Anyway, so I decided not to do chemotherapy because I thought, you know, he doesn't notice me and this is going to be a really big thing. So now I join a support group at a wonderful group in New York City called SHARE, uh, peer, peer Support. And, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm making lifestyle changes and I'm looking into what else there is. And I, I had a friend who was an acupuncturist. And so she was helping me. And actually, she had removed my menstrual cramps two years before I got breast cancer. That was astounding. I mean, it just was amazing. So I had a lot of faith in that. And I loved her. So I made dietary changes and I went all organic and I was mostly vegan, but I was doing something called the Joanna Budwig protocol, Dr. Budwig. And that is using cottage cheese and flaxseed oil. However, uh, I don't like cottage cheese. So I was using cork, which is was a biodynamic cheese made at a local farm in New York. And it was fabulous. And really, I really liked it. And I felt healthful from it. So between that and the organic food, I was working out every single day, you know, for as much time as I could tolerate, not an athlete. And one of my theories has become, you know, you don't have to be an athlete, you just have to keep moving. You know, we have to, you know, get your hands over your head, do a little shaky, get the lymph system going. If you're in bed, you lift your legs up, you twirl your ankles, whatever you can do. But I was doing everything. I mean, everything. And also I started, um, uh, well, I, you know, I had, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but within, within an 18 month period, I got more tumors in the breast. So I had another lumpectomy. And again, no one said, hey, you know, you got it all over the place. You probably should have a mastectomy. So I didn't. And eventually I did two years later. And then I had the right mastectomy because I had lobular breast cancer. And they were telling me, oh, it's going to be in the second breast. So when I had a symptom, I went, oh, my God, it's in the second breast. But it was not. So that was what we call the sacrifice to science because I didn't have cancer. But now I had no breasts. OK, but I made up my mind, you know, that I would wear spaghetti straps and I would be really into it. And it took a while, but I got really into it. And my husband was fantastic from the beginning. And he was saying, you're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. Actually, you know, he was a breast man, so to speak. But the day before the surgery, the mastectomy, he said to me, oh, you have the most beautiful legs. Oh, my God. You know, so that was cool. Oh, what a great yeah. guy. It was great. It was really helpful. And he was nervous, you know, but he supported me. And he told all the doctors and they were constantly calling him. He ran a business. They call him at work. Oh, your wife's going to die. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to do that. Your wife's going to die. And he was like, I'm with her, I'm not with you. And I didn't die. That was a long time ago, January 93. Oh, but, just a quick know, question. I'm sorry. Um, sure. So did they pressure you, the oncologist, into doing you know, chemotherapy? You know, I didn't see an oncologist after that first visit because I thought there's nothing for me. I had a surgeon, though, who I was sick. I changed surgeons and I had a woman who I didn't even know you could have your own surgeon. I mean, that's what I knew about cancer or medicine or hospitals or anything. But I found a woman. I was very happy with her. And she was fairly encouraging. You know, she she worked with me. Like when I said, you know, I want to have another lumpectomy. She said, okay, it's up to you, which was great. And eventually, like I said, I had two mastectomies separately. And I had them same day with a local anesthesia because chemical sensitivity. After the first lumpectomy, I was awake for six nights. I had such a bad reaction to the anesthesia. I couldn't sleep for six nights. And, you know, that way madness lies. So I didn't want to do that again. And so I had local. 
So I'm one of the only people on earth who had two separate one day, same, you know, same day mastectomies. I went home, local anesthesia. It was fine. It was fine. Wow. I mean, I didn't have any problem at all. <laughs> I mean, I have normal pain tolerance, but there wasn't really a lot of pain. It worked out well. So anyway, cut the chase. 2019, well, 2018, I started to feel a lump in the left groin and I didn't think it was anything. And then it was something. And then it became something I had to pay attention to. And I had a biopsy and it turned out it was follicular lymphoma, which is a type of blood cancer. And uh, people with toxicity issues, that was me, follicular lymphoma, it's a reaction to toxicity. So in retrospect, I shouldn't have been so surprised, but you know, like a lot of people who go into lifestyle, I thought, oh, now I'm cool, I'm protected. And it was 26 years later. So it wasn't like, wow, I was expecting this, I wasn't. But you know, I, I, I worked with myself and I decided to do alternative therapies again. And for two years, I did all sorts of alternatives. I, I did everything I could think of. And by the way, none of it helped. The tumors got bigger, I got more of them, things were getting worse. And then eventually I decided I better see a, a hematologist, oncologist, that's a blood cancer doc, hematologist. And I found a, a group down here and I started going in. You know, they're telling me in the first meeting, I have a good meeting with the doctor, a decent meeting of the minds. And I say, I'm not doing chemo, but I'm willing to try the monoclonal antibody. And she says, okay. And of course, and I know a lot of people identify with this. The day of my starting treatment, she's on vacation. I hear this all the time from people, you know, doc's on vacation. So that's what happened. So I go in. And this male doctor comes out with three nurses and they surround me in the chair and they say to me, you can't possibly have a half dose, which is what I had negotiated with the doctor because of my chemical sensitivity. It's not, you're going to die. You can't do it. You'll, you'll die. So I said, well, if I'm going to die, I think I'll go home. You know, so I went home. <laughs> That's who I am. I just, I mean, I didn't want to be abused and I felt abused. So I went home and two hours later, I got a phone call from my doctor's nurse saying, we will do what you want. Come back. So I went back and was in treatment for hours and hours because it was late in the day. But, but, you know, I had not a terrible reaction because once again, I did traditional Chinese herbal medicine and acupuncture along with the treatment. And I'm someone who responds to traditional Chinese medicine. That's what originally stopped the breast cancer, which recurred for years. Traditional Chinese herbal prescriptions are personal. So people often ask me, well, what were the herbs? Well, first of all, it was in Chinese. So I don't know. But secondly, it was, it was for me at that time. And the prescription changed over time. So the same with this. Now, this time I'm doing the herbs only stronger and there's more of them. And I have to do 10 cups of water instead of six and boil it down to, you know, smaller amount. And you make two days worth at a time. And, um, and I had just about no adverse effects. But then I note that they're giving me all sorts of other stuff. So I said, what is all this stuff, you know, because... The doctor only mentioned monoclonal antibody. Well, it turned out they give you um, Benadryl in case you have an allergic reaction and they give you Tylenol, which I had never had before because of my chemical sensitivity. So, and I was okay with that. Supposedly you get a headache, so it stops the headache. But, you know, I, I, I didn't know. And then they were giving me steroids. I really didn't want steroids. And they didn't tell you that? They didn't tell you they were going to do that? No, I didn't know until I started, I'm, you know, I said to them, can I see the paper that of what you're giving me? So they showed me, I'm going like, I didn't really want that. So again, negotiation with the doctor. And eventually she says, okay, we can cut it in half. And okay. Uh, but you know, the thing is, if you're doing steroids, you should be doing fish oil. But people with blood cancer can't do fish oil. There's a, a, a bad thing about that. I'm not sure what, exactly what, but it doesn't go together. So I was kind of stuck. And so the herbal prescription had to change somewhat to accommodate the steroids. But you know, it, it does. And every week or 10 days, I get a new prescription based on how I am 
you know, I don't see the doctor. I talked to him on the phone. We originally met up first time and then he treats me and he can tell from my voice. And also I'm aware of myself, a lot of attention to my issues. So I can tell him everything. This hurt, that hurt, this didn't hurt, that didn't hurt. So anyway, so I've been in treatment with the monoclonal antibody and that's been working super well. I just had a PET scan last week, uh, Monday, today's Thursday. I had a PET scan on Monday that showed um, I have one tumor left. All of the others went away. It was the original tumor. It's now one third the size that it was on my last PET scan. So amazing. That's wonderful. I follow my own advice. You know, I do what my work. I'm not super stubborn. The only area of stubbornness is I really didn't want to do chemo. And she actually talked me into trying a half dose and then a full dose. And then I walked away and I said, no, this is not right for me. And my whole system was messed up and I started losing my hair. So I said, I'm not doing this. And I didn't need it because I'm reacting really well to the monoclonal antibody. But she had said, oh, it's going to stop working. That wasn't true. Because it's, it's such a lesson to, to listen to your own intuition and to be and your own advocate. Hard to do. It's hard to do. Doctors, yeah. you know, saying, no, it's not going to work. This is going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. And you get you get nervous. But I'm back to my original plan, which is everything's working just the way I wanted to. I'm staying with it. So that's my personal thing. That is incredible. Incredible. So to go back, because we we spoke earlier and you were talking about um, this herbal remedies and all that. And you had such a cool story about, you know, your chemical sensitivities and what happened. Can you just explain a little bit about that? You know, you were talking about the rash or, or you you broke out. Yeah, the it, the first um, the first couple of doses of the monoclonal antibody, I got an immune reaction of rashing. But, you know, they, their idea was, oh, they'll give me more Benadryl or some other kind of Benadryl thing. But I don't want that because I use natural medicine. I have an aloe vera plant. I have five of them in my yard. And I went outside and I took a leaf. I squeezed it onto the rashy area. It was fine. And it, you know, it was fine. It didn't bother me after that. And even though it happened for weeks, I was fine because I was using a simple natural remedy. And personally, I believe and I support the idea that you should try simple natural things before you take another drug. And I'm sure everybody in the cancer world has been through this. Oh, you have a headache? Well, we'll give you a headache remedy. Wait, you, you have a stuff. Let me give you that. Oh, you have diarrhea? Give you this. Constipation, let, it, let us give you that. But all the medicines are causing those things. So you're having like, all of a sudden, you're like an American senior. You have seven or nine medicines. And you're like, what happened here? You know, what's going on? So right now I'm 73. And they're, they're, they're shocked because I'm not taking any pharmaceuticals except the monoclonal antibody, which I'm now down to every two months, which is cool. Amazing. Yeah. So your, first your first diagnosis, you, you were 40, you said? I was 44, just about 45. And okay. So now, look all these years yeah, and what yeah. you've done. But, you know, so now I want to cut to the vaccine idea and COVID. So I was very careful because, you know, I have a cancer and I didn't want trouble. And I stayed home like most people should have. I didn't go anywhere, I didn't go out to dinner, I didn't fool around, I didn't fake it, I didn't go to a bar, but who would go to a bar at my age? <laughs> but I, um, but I, I had my husband who was taking fabulous care of me and actually, and this may have happened to other people too, I got really, really, really weak after the first couple of months of treatment. And it turned out that the blood calcium level had risen very high, but nobody's home at the office, they don't check those things. You get blood work done and if you don't read it yourself and know what you're reading, no one's paying attention. You know, that's yesterday's news. So he says to the doctor, my wife is really ill. She can't walk up the stairs anymore. She has no appetite. I lost 11 pounds, you know, in a very short time. And so they start looking, oh, what's wrong with me? It turns out I have high blood calcium, which is a treatable thing. 
And there are several uh, shots that you can have. And they, you know, if it was up to them, I probably, we thought I was dying of cancer because I was so weak. And I, I really couldn't, I could hardly get out of bed. I couldn't walk our stairs. We have a two-story house on purpose so that we can be physically active. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't eating. I wasn't making dinner. My poor husband lost weight too. And uh, and so his because he recognized that something was really wrong, I wasn't in the state to recognize it. I had a brain fog. And he confronted the medical team and they're like, oh yeah, we should do something about the guy. Like, hey, you know, hello, I might've died because you weren't doing anything. So you also have to be your own doctor and it's good to have an outside advocate like my husband who knows nothing medical, but he knew me and he knew that I was in trouble. Uh-huh. So that was very, very helpful. Saved my life, you know, really made a difference for me. But it also re- made me remember, you must be aware of what's going on because they're not, they're just not. They're doing all these tests. But, you know, if, you, if you're out of alignment in any way, you're on your own. And that's what happened. I was on my own and I was very, very ill. But and you're saying this is now. from the first first rounds of treatment that, you know, it was oh. causing the calcium. I guess, you know, it's either the treatment or the fact that the tumors were reducing so rapidly that caused the blood calcium to be high. But also I was actually on a, a program advised by a nutritionist, in my opinion, totally mistakenly, that was involved a lot of high calcium food. So the funny thing is, you know, I have a conversation with the doc when I'm myself again. And she says, oh, you know, it doesn't matter what you eat. I'm like, yeah, my whole life is about what I eat. So I don't think that's right. And, uh, and ironically. this day, this was in 2020 yeah, or yeah, 2019? Yeah, Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then, you know, then I had high potassium. But I was having an orange or a couple of oranges and banana every day and really liking it. And the nurse said to me, her nurse uh, you should stop eating the high potassium foods because your potassium is so high. So they didn't communicate too well in the nutrition aspect. But, you know, most every, your audience is going to know oncologists know almost nothing about nutrition. So when we get advice about ideas or about complementary therapies or holistic and everyone always says, oh, you have to check with your doctor, you check with your doctor. They don't really know anything. And I always say the most important question you want to ask in that instance is what's your evidence for saying no? Because they're going to tell you no, that because they don't know anything about it, but that doesn't mean it's not useful. That is a great <laughs> idea. And there's a lot of studies. So everybody should know PubMed.gov, G-O-V. It's the uh, Library of Medicine online. And you can look up anything, any substance, any natural product, and you can see the studies. Now, the thing about the natural world, they don't do large-scale clinical trials. And why is that? Well, pharma pays for most of the trials, and there are millions of dollars. If you can't patent something... There's no clinical trial at that level. And pharma's not going to spend any money if they don't make money, period. They are a business. They're all about money. You know, there's a lot of nice people who work for the company and they're charming and you meet them at conferences and they're as nice as could be, but they're not making the decisions. Prior to my getting my first cancer, I was in business. And later on, I ran the division of a company. And what was our job? To be the number one division of the company. That was it. It was very focused. And that's how it is for most big companies, including pharma. Your product line, you want Whatever you're in charge of, you want to be the most important to your company, and that's your focus. So it's about money. And I don't fool myself by saying, oh, my doctor said, no, I'm not going to walk away from it because I know my doctor didn't know anything about it. I mean, Chinese medicine, I said to her, I'm doing Chinese herbs during this treatment. And she said, oh, there's no evidence of that. I said, well, it's been around for about 6,000 years. So I figure those dumb Chinese people would have noticed if it didn't work. You know, I'm like, what are we saying? We're like, the grandchild is saying, oh, Gramps, you don't know anything, but they had a whole life and they do know 6,000 years of using herbal medicine. Hello. I mean, that's, yeah, that exactly. works. Exactly. Well. It just reminds me. me. Oh, I'm sorry. Real quick. It, when 
somebody is doing chemotherapy and wants to do some complementary medicine, how do you guide them to talk to their oncologist? Because as you said, it's so difficult. They think it's quackery or, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. That's why we say to go to PubMed. On our website, we have some studies also, and I paste to our, post to our Facebook page almost every day studies about nutrition, studies about complementary therapies, because there's a lot of evidence. It's just not the large scale that pharmaceutical get. And the docs are trained to say, well, where's your large scale randomized multi-center clinical trial? But there never will be any. And I'm, you know, I'm 28 years out now. So I, I can't be waiting for those trials that will never happen. That, and that's what the doctors are waiting for, but it's inappropriate. I mean, it's incorrect. So exactly. on our website, on our Facebook page, and at PubMed.gov, people can find the information they seek. They can always ask us directly, you know, do you have any studies on that? We may be able to find the studies for them uh, if necessary. And um, But lots of people find when they do complementary therapies, they don't suffer so much. They don't have so much pain. They don't have so much difficulty. And why should you have that? It's bad enough you have cancer, you know, it's, it's in your head, but it shouldn't also be torture, which unfortunately, I mean, you've heard the stories, you know, people suffer way too much and it's wrong. So yeah, and the mainstream medical community hasn't caught up. You know, you can go to a mainstream conference on cancer and they're not even discussing cannabis, which our whole country is involved with, but somehow the docs don't know about it and they don't know about nutrition. My first day getting treatment at the, at the, the treatment center, I hear a nurse say, well, I don't know anything about nutrition. Someone must have asked her, but you know, we had the COVID, we had our masks on, we had our glass shield. So plastic shields, I couldn't, approach the person who wanted to know. I couldn't get up. I was hooked up. But, you know, I say to myself, anyone can read about it. It's there. The information's available. So to say you know nothing about it when you're a medical professional, I don't respect that at all. At yes. all. Yes. Ridiculous. Have an open mind, you know. Yeah. Um, you and, will you, and, and that just reminds me, the Annie Appleseed Project. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yes. So in in 1999, I decided I had so much information that would be helpful for people that I put up a website, AnnieAppleseyProject.org. We also own .com, but AnnieAppleseyProject.org. And I put up, we eventually had 8,000 pages, but eventually that was too much. And we had it uh, revamped in, you know, a couple of times in the last few years. And now we have, I don't know, 80 pages. But I also have the Facebook page, which is constant effort, constant work. I used to do a newsletter. I haven't done one in a while, but I have to start that up again. You know, I wasn't feeling all great for a few months, but now I'm on myself. I really should get the newsletter out. And it helps people, you know, and we explain the value of mushrooms. For example, uh, you know, I came from the breast cancer world. They have aromatase inhibitors. They have tamoxifen. It turns out white button mushrooms, the most basic thing in the supermarket, which we laugh at because it's so basic, it's a natural aromatase inhibitor. So taking mushroom stuff and lots of mushrooms are helpful, almost all of them, except if they're poison, (laughs) all the rest of them are really helpful and they they offer so much. And almost all my Chinese prescriptions have had mushrooms in them because they're just so valuable for health, which is really interesting. And so Annie Appleseed Project represents the information that we can connect people to. And it's, it's in the process of being rebuilt. So there's more pages coming and pretty soon we'll be opening the registration for our annual conference. We didn't have one this year, of course, but next year we'll go back and it'll be our 15th conference taking place the uh, last weekend in February 24th, 25th, 26th. And we have speakers from all over the world come in. In fact, now I'm also doing mistletoe, uh, what they call sub-Q, subcutaneously. And I've added that to my uh, protocol for lymphoma. And um, we're going to have a speaker on mistletoe 
because so interesting. It's something I'm interested in. Now we've been cutting edge for years. I mean, last year we had Joe Tippins who talks about fenbendazole, which I see there's a group on Facebook about, and we had Jane McClellan who's also coming back this year. She's not oh. going to speak, but she'll be present. The I'm sorry, do, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm so sorry. No. But what is that? I'm not sure what that is. I never heard well, of that. Jane McClellan is a UK oh, fenbendazole. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't personally use it, but it's a treatment that that was a um, veterinarian drug. But a lot of people are finding, not everybody, because nothing, not every, you know, it's typical of cancer. Nothing works all the time for everybody. Some things work some of the time for some of the people. Ofendendazole is working very well for some people. It's a veterinarian drug. It's not a human drug, although there is a human version of it, but apparently it doesn't have the same value. And there's a whole protocol, which uh, Tippins has a website. I think it's called mycancerstoryrocks.com. And you can find out more. And then Jane McClellan is UK-based uh, cancer survivor, she has star view cancer, and she's very strong on using um, off-label drugs to treat uh, other cancers. And, and that's something that no, not many people are looking at. So she's been studying that for years, and she also advises people. So she wants to come back because she just likes to mingle with the crowd and tell people stuff. And, you know, all of our speakers mingle. We don't have a green room where they're isolated. Everybody's part of it. We ask them to stay the whole time and participate. And, you know, it's only about 250 people at the meeting. So everybody can get a chance to talk to a speaker. You can sit with them at lunch. You can approach them during the breaks, whatever. It's very you know, it's very open-ended. And we also serve only organic food. And we serve in the room. We have food all day long. You can food yourself to death, but hopefully not death. But yeah, there's a lot of food. And we have um, breakfast stuff in the morning, even though the hotel, if you stay in the hotel, they have a non-organic breakfast buffet. And my husband among them chooses that. But that's okay. You know, it's okay. And, but then we have fabulous buffet lunches that are just beautiful organic food. A lot of local farms donate produce to us. So in any case, because it's organic, it's very fresh. Everything's brought in those few days. So you have fabulous food, just really, really tasty, fresh. You can tell the difference. And I, you know, I eat mostly fresh food, but I can still tell the difference. It's really, really healthy, strong stuff. You should come. I really want to come. And I have to be in Florida for two different weddings, it, one in January and one in March. So I'm thinking, oh, no, Ooh, I'm going to go a third yeah. time, but I'm going to get there one year. I have yeah. got to. Yeah, we, we really have a good time. And how do people register? So on our website, and it's going up in a, in a, within the month. I'm, I'm hoping like early August, we're working on it right now. Uh, registration page, the hotel opens up a special booking page so people can get a hotel room. We help people get a roommate if they're coming by themselves. We have a scholarship program. It's for people with advanced cancer who need financial help. And we're not, you know, pharma doesn't fund us. So we don't have a million dollars. We, we don't have the kind of funding that a lot of other groups have, but we do the best we can with what we have to give people, uh, you know, reduced entry or free entry if they need it, reduced hotel room, usually with the director or an actor or the writer speaking about the topic. I'm hoping registration will open by the end of July. I'll post it on the Facebook page. I'll hope the, hopefully get the newsletter out once that page exists so that I can send the link to people. But they can check AnnieAppleseedProject.org. It has some information already, including speakers and a link to the speaker's website if you want to know more about them. And that's fun, too. It's fun to find out who's going to be there. Right, right. I was looking at some of those, too. It's fun. Yeah, cool. Now, I just want to go back to you a little bit because you're such an advocate and you help so many others and, and, you know, you've been through a lot. Do, do you ever, you know, get frustrated? Like I'm doing all these things and I'm still, still struggling. I don't want to say struggling with cancer. I don't like that, but you know what I'm saying? You, you're, 
well, going through this. Yeah. So, I, I, how I mean, do you I, keep that? I was born an optimist. So my sister and brother and I, we've talked about this for years. We wake up in the morning. We just know it's going to be a great day. So maybe that's just dumb luck. But I generally speaking, don't get burned out over that issue. What, what burns me out is after I go to a conference and nobody mentioned anything about nutrition, they didn't even discuss exercise, they didn't discuss cannabis, there was nothing, you know, then I'm really annoyed. Uh, the big conference that I, I've been to many, many times, although I've been to many conferences, but uh, San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium, until I got lymphoma, I was focused a lot on breast cancer. And they have posters that cover cu current events. But then after I walk through that and no speaker addresses the issues and they're all talking about more um, chemo, how to do chemo, how to do chemo. And we haven't figured out really how to do chemo in effective ways. So, you know, without harm. Um, so that frustrates, frustrates me. But personal situation, not at all. I know I'm going to survive. I did before. I will again. And I can help other people get through it as well as possible. And I know that too. That's so amazing. I mean, it's so true. I mean, the mind-body connection is just so huge. And I don't think people realize that. Yeah. I, and like I said, I'm lucky because I wake up happy. You know, I really do. I feel always it's a new day. I'm going to you know, meet it the way it should be met. And, and that helps a lot. And, and uh, you know, my husband says he was born with dirty genes, <laughs> cleaner genes, you know. But yeah, I mean, but you can you can make a choice. If you, you know, if you know what brings you joy, you need to find that and focus on it. To me, uh, I live you know, I was born and raised in New York City and you don't know nature at all when you live in New York City. You just, it's not there. Now I live on a lake and right now I can look out the, the uh, sliding glass thing and the lake is there and the birds are there and, you know, nature. And I, I really, really enjoy it. And of course, my property does not get sprayed with pesticides. Everything else uh -huh. in Florida is being sprayed like crazy. So the critters like my lawn, they like my backyard because they don't, you know, they want to eat bugs and you can't eat any bugs after it's been sprayed. So we're very popular. And uh, even the dogs in the neighborhood come over and people pick up after them, luckily. But, you know, we are we're a very critter oriented little uh, uh, property. Here. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And, but but so for me, that's number one right now. Now, there's some evidence that says when you're in nature, you feel better human being. But even evidence that looking at a poster of nature is good. So when I do my workout, my gym is right over the kitchen, which is where this view is. And I can see the lake and I can see the birds when I'm, you know, doing my stuff. And it's fabulous. I mean, it really is. It's very health giving. And uh, I, I would love to walk barefoot in my backyard. But the funny thing is, I hate Florida grass. I, I, I can't stand it. It gives me the creeps. So I do not go barefoot in my grass. It just uh, feels like knives cutting, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of hard, right? Yeah, it is. It's very thick and hard. It's not like upstate New York, which has the most beautiful forest and, and meadows and all that kind of thing. Yeah. In Cleveland, I, I hike and I love to be outside and I have a garden for the first time. It's a community garden, but I love to go there. That's great. And yeah, I think that's so important. It is. Definitely. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, cause I know, you know, you changed a lot with your diet and, and you did supplements and all that. What do you think else helped you the most all these years? Well, it's hard to say the most because I don't think it's any one thing. To me, it's a combination of what we eat or not, um, how physically active are or not, and how we handle stress, which I'm good at. Um, detox, I do coffee enemas every single day. I do one every day. I used to do more. Um, it's also the dietary supplements. And I researched that and I have from the beginning. And I know 
um, what's effective. And I also know that the best way to start taking a dietary supplement for everybody is one pill. Even if it says three a day, you start with one. If it says two at a time, you start with one because you don't know, especially me, chemically sensitive, but people don't know how they're going to respond. And you want to make sure that the response is okay. So start with one. And that's what I've done very carefully. And just the, uh, the other day, I took two of something and it wasn't okay, you know, but luckily I keep track of that. I mean, I pay a lot of attention to myself, you know, on my number one job, really. And I, so I have to see what my reactions are and they weren't good. So I backed out, you know, stopped doing it at all. And now I'm back to one and that's fine. Two was not okay. So for, for everybody, I think it's, you know, it's these five things that are really important, nutrition, physical activity, stress, detox, and dietary supplements. And then whatever else you're doing blends in perfectly because now you've got a personalized protocol along with the not personalized protocol that the conventional doctor has offered you. Because let's face it, you know, people say to me all the time, oh, my doctor set up this great protocol for me. And I go, oh, wait, let me guess. Because I can guess because it's the exact same protocol everybody else is getting. <laughs> and that is why I've had to negotiate with the hematologist because she wants to give me what everyone else wants. And I don't want that. I have to have my own protocol. And, and we, she's accepted that, you know, no steroids, half a dose when I'm trying something new and so on. And I think that's, it's worth a try. If you feel like that's what you want to do, you should try it. Talk to the exactly. doctor. I mean, it should be about you. You're the patient. You're the person. You're the, you know, the, it's been a tough year, let me say. 2021, you couldn't have anyone with you in the doctor's office. You couldn't have a companion or an advocate or a, a spouse or anything like that. And that was hellacious. I mean, I actually, um, I don't know if this is going to be off topic, but I, chemically sensitive, right? So I, my husband, because he was so kind to me and so helpful, I, he wanted me to have a, a vaccine. So I had a shot of Moderna and um, no reaction. I was fine. Two weeks later, I had blood clots in my left leg and um, fever. And they put me in the hospital. Doctors immediately, oh my God, you know. Two weeks later, it turns out that's one of the symptoms of vaccine not being right. You get blood clots. But I didn't have the J&J, I had a Moderna. So, but I reported it anyway. And I had to, you know, just in right. case. And, and, um, but the thing that happened in the hospital, they said to me, oh, you have pneumonia and you have to have antibiotics. So I said, wait, I'm wearing this medic alert, which says no antibiotics. I'm allergic. And they go, no, you're out of your mind. You have to have antibiotics. We can't, we have to discount what you say because you're crazy. <laughs> and my husband's not there and I can't call him because I'm crazy. And they have to do their treatment. So they gave me a ton of antibiotics and I was sick for weeks afterwards trying to detox. I mean, it was horrible. That's and terrible. there was no respect for me as a person, which is very terrible. And it isn't right that if you don't have an advocate or a family member that you can't get correct treatment. So they mistreated me. They misdiagnosed me. They mistreated me. And then they sent me home with a walker, which I don't need at all. I still have it standing in my living room. <laughs> so, and they were training me how to use it like crazy. I'm like, wait. I'm fine. I can walk. I don't need this. So they had their vision of who I was and I had my vision and we didn't get along. Yeah. So oh, that just reminds me, I mean, you know, what can you tell people? What's the most important thing you, you would tell a person that is first diagnosed with cancer? And then actually maybe even after they're finished with treatment or whatever they're doing um, to, to, you know, live a, Help healthy life as healthy as they can. So you're raising an important issue. First of all, when you're diagnosed, you should try to get with a support group because everyone knows is going to know more than you, and they're going to know different things than you, and you want to gather that knowledge. When it's treatment time, complementary medicine—the actual word means along with. 
complementary with an E, not with an I, means along with. So when you're doing conventional treatment, you should really try to find some complementary things that your doctor won't object to or that you feel comfortable doing because it's better to do it during treatment so that, for example, if you do treatment and you have neuropathy, your chances are not that great that the neuropathy is going to go away immediately. It just doesn't work that way. And it may take a year. You may have no feeling. You may have burning. You can't walk. Or, you know, it's not great. So complementary is best during. But even so, you can benefit from afterwards when most people are willing to try stuff, making small changes a little bit at a time. Don't have to, you know, go right on the highway and go on some of the side streets first and practice. I mean, I did not become an all organic vegan on day one of my life changes. It's a process. So you take yourself through it. And some people are not meant to be vegan and that's okay. The clear thing is, and we all know this, avoid dietary um, junk, junk food, not okay, no matter what. Avoid deli meats, they're not okay. And there's evidence that they're contributing to a huge increase in colorectal cancer in people under 50, which is really terrible. In our lifetime, the age group is getting lower because people have terrible diets because everybody feels like, oh, it's okay to have a donut. No problem. I'll have a, a latte with 4,000 pounds of sugar in it and a donut. Hey, you know, but it's not okay. Your body is telling you. You don't want to find out with the bad news. You want to find out with the almost news, which is, oh, you know, I should really try some actual food, see how that works. So avoiding deli meat, avoiding artificial flavors and colors, additives, preservatives, uh, avoiding added sugar. Read labels. It tells you what you want to know. The downside of our labeling system, as I'm sure you know, Haley, <laughs> is that Sugar from natural sources like fruit is included in the sugar. So people go, and my husband does it too. Oh, I can't have these fruit. Look at this. Oh, no, it's okay because it's actual food. So, you know, right. everything. People are so afraid first. of fruit now. Yeah. And, and doctors too, because they think antioxidants, not, not reasonable. The truth is uh, fruit and vegetables have a ton of nutrients that our human bodies need. They need them. Everything becomes glucose over time with your digestion. But first you get the nutrients, which you need. No donut has any nutrients whatsoever. Um, and then you have the fiber. Donuts don't have fiber either. And, and then it becomes glucose, you know, and that's okay. That's the way it should be. Your body works that way. I mean, I give you the PET scan. We're going to give you glucose and radioactive dye. And why do we give you the glucose? Because the dye wouldn't find your cancer cells otherwise. So we give you both because the dye, the sugar, glucose is going to the cancer cells and it drags the dye with it so we can find your cancer cells. Well, that should be enough of an issue, but docs are perfectly okay saying, oh, doesn't matter what you eat. Obviously it matters. Obviously people are getting more cancer because we're careless and we're not careful in what we eat. You don't like, again, you don't have to be a vegan, but you got to eat healthier, make healthier choices. And, and I think it's more possible now because more stores carry organic. You can go to ewg.org, environmental working group, ewg.org, and they tell you what's the most sprayed food. And you can avoid that by buying that food as organic. Yeah, I always tell it. people that. And I also think, you know, it's a great website for personal care products and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're on a real campaign right now about makeup. Uh, I post that to the Facebook page as well because I don't wear makeup. Just luck, you know, as my mother never did and I didn't learn about it. But the truth is, if you're doing lipstick and it's lead filled and you have lipstick and you're looking at every single day, what are you doing? You're getting a lot of lead and a lot of other chemicals. And apparently, you know, we don't have, I was saying this, I was interviewed this morning at a 6.30 a.m. show. And one of the things we were talking about is the chemical added, chemicals used in our society do not have to pass go. We have to prove that they're unsafe before they can be stopped in use, which is completely crazy, but that's what's happening. So our makeup, and fragrances 
Don't ever use Febreze. Don't ever put a Glade plug in into your house. It's poison. Being chemically sensitive, I know, because there's a spot here that goes, oh, my God, you're trying to kill my brain cells. And it's really true. So you have to avoid all those kind of things. And, and, and they don't have to prove they're safe. We have to prove they're unsafe. And I think I've proved it with my life. But, you know, it, it's really crazy. But, yeah, and, and that's why EWG.org and other groups like that are helpful. There's safecosmetics.org, which I think is still in, in action. And you should really look before you buy anything and read those labels. If you don't know half the things that are on the label, then why are you having it in your life? It's just not okay. Exactly. Oh, this was such great stuff. Um, I just want to ask you, you know, are there any final words before we get into the random round questions? Anything you want everyone to know? Well, yeah, I mean, the key thing now that now that the, the, the pandemic is reduced, and you can bring an advocate. If you're newly diagnosed, it's really good to have somebody who knows the ropes come with you. And again, you can contact local group in your community and they have people who are willing to go with you and talk about it and help you. And our website and others like it are available for information. If you want to find an integrative doctor in your area, there's a couple of websites that can do that. One is called bestanswerforcancer.org and the other is called nancyslist.org. And both of them list uh, practitioners and you can make choices that way as well. It's good to have a practitioner if you don't know what you're doing. It's really so true. Helpful. So true. And I think if you're open to it, like you were, things come to you. You you know, you hear things from different people or you oh, yeah. pick up a book. And yeah. yeah, so you have to be open. I thought that integrative or, or holistic stuff was old, old information. I used to go to used bookstores to try to find books because I didn't know. But now there's a plethora of books and you can really find what you're looking for. You can get the right cookbook and all the rest of it. Fill in the blank. Freedom to you is? Mm, okay, the ability to make my own choices. The last show you binged and loved? Ah, uh, Shistel, about an Israeli ultra-Orthodox family. Yeah, people tell me to watch that and I haven't It was yet. very interesting, yeah. When you're feeling afraid, what do you do? Um... That rarely happens, but it really, really happens. But I would say I would go to nature and uh, remind myself nature's there. That's incredible that it it rarely happens to you because I think yeah. so many people live in fear. Good, good genes. I don't know why. I just, I, I, I've never really, I mean, I'm not afraid of dying because I won't be around to feel bad about it. You know, it's just, I'm a happy person. If you could have a one-hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? I know I'm answering this completely differently than I did before, but except for this, maybe Emma Goldman. She's been a, you know, Mae West and Emma Goldman. I would like to talk to both of them. I consider them my foremothers, you know. One is wildly sexual and the other is wildly political. So that's, that's <laughs> me. It's perfect. <laughs> perfect. What is your favorite go-to snack? Ah, okay. Well, I like organic nuts and I usually have like a, maybe hazelnut butter or walnut butter or cashew butter. And I have that with um, medjool dates, which I adore. Ooh, sounds great. And a Granny Smith apple. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's one simple thing that brings you joy? Baby's laughter. Uh -oh. What's on your nightstand? Um, low blue light glasses, a non-electric alarm clock, um, and for some odd reason, an envelope with some personal um, paperwork. I don't know why it's there. 
<laughs> just there. don't want to let I it look go. at it. I think, well, I could move it, but where am I moving it to? So I haven't moved it. <laughs> and when you say non-electrical alarm clock, is that because of the EF, EMFs? Yeah. If you yeah, have it plugged in. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to avoid too much EMF exposure. I turn my phone off at night and, um, you know, we don't have anything electric um, by our bedside. We both have alarm clocks that are um, battery. Great. What's one thing? Oh, I skipped one. What's your favorite form of exercise? Huh. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to say dance warm-ups that I learned in my early thirties and I still do them. I love that because I always tell people do something that you love, you know, just move. So that's great. What's one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? Well, it's definitely my family, my spouse and my sister, really, really close to me and very important to me. And how can people find you and learn more? I know we, Talked about your so conference. The website is anneapplesee Facebook page for me personally is Anne E. Fonfa. And the um, organization has a Facebook page, which I recommend going to because my personal page is it's quite personal. Um, but the Anneapplesee Project has a page, not the group. I don't know how to shut the group down. People keep contacting me through the group, but it, the group doesn't, there is no group. It's the page. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being on. You are such a good example for others to never give up hope and to listen to your intuition and just believe in yourself. So yeah, thank, thank you. you. I, I appreciate that. I think that does sum it up. I believe in being positive. I believe in hope. I believe in moving forward. I believe in trying things. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.